Welcome back, everybody. This is a solo episode, and Jeff is currently camping. I am sitting in my hotel room. I have about an hour before I need to leave to go fly home. I've been in San Francisco all week, hence the lots of disorganization and lack of production on our part. It has been Jeff and I's schedule have my schedules have just not lined up at all over the last week or so, but there has been a decent amount of BYU news, so we want to get on here and talk about it. Uh, first piece of news, we have another offensive line transfer. Uh, Sione Vicoso is a return missionary who committed to the Cougars immediately after entering the portal. Um, he signed with Arizona State out of high school. Um, he was he's kind of an interesting prospect because he, uh, he was a smaller when he was in high school and then had his junior year, which is, you know, what the primary bulk of recruiting is done on. Didn't go to a ton of camps or anything, was a little bit smaller, had a bit of a growth spurt um, between his junior and senior year of high school. He grew about three inches. And so then he went from, you know, place tackle, but kind of sized like a guard tween, you know, fringe player to this is a big kid. And then he added another inch or two while he was on his mission. So now he's listed at six, seven, three twenty-five. very prototypical tackle frame. Exactly what Daryl Funk, Aaron Roderick Watt in their offense coming out of high school. Um, he was only ranked as he was a three-star by 24 um, seven. But if you look at his offer sheet, he had offers from Arizona state, Oregon state, Washington state, and then Jeff Grimes offered him. Um, and he was listed as a guard. Um, initially, but then kind of grew into that big body tackle. He's leaned out a little bit, even as he's grown. And so he, he's a good prospect and he adds some depth to it. And, you know, we lose a lot of guys on the offensive line after this season. And so heading into 2023, he's going to have a chance to compete. Um, you know, there's a decent chance that Blake Freeland leaves for the NFL draft after this year. Uh, you know, Hunter uh, Harris Lachance is getting up there in his eligibility um, so we got to, we do have Kingsley and we have him, um, you know, there are some other guys that are signed, but it's a young, it's going to kind of reset and go from a very old and experienced offensive line group to a very young offensive line group. So any more bodies that we can get in there, especially those big frames, um, those lean athletes is never something, um, you know, never something to turn away. Um, but he, he didn't get a lot of play last year at Arizona state. Um, obviously Arizona state is a mess, kind of a fire cell. Everyone, who can get out is trying to get out right now. Herm Edwards is probably going to get fired. There's a decent chance that the NCAA is going to sanction them at the end of the season, you know, sometime this year for everything that they've done for the last couple of years. You know, it seemed very strange when suddenly Arizona state was pulling the majority, they were pulling more of the top 25 kids in California than any other school. And that didn't seem like it was something not sketchy going on. And it turns out it wasn't. Um, so uh, Vecoso, he, he's a good prospect. I like his film. He, um, like I said, he's just, he's got the right size and really as an offensive lineman, if you have the frame and you got the arm reach and the tenacity to get after it, then you can do some nice things. So he, I don't think he, I don't think he will necessarily be an all American or a first round draft pick. He's not, he's not as exciting of a transfer as Pukunukua or Chris Brooks or, you know, some of the other transfers that we've gotten in you know, recent memory, but he is a very solid addition to the program. And I think he's going to do some good things for us in the future. Um, on the basketball front, it's, you know, Mark Pope is still on the road constantly. Um, these, you know, Rudy Williams um, visited last week. It sounds like things are 
in a good place with him. He is set to, I believe, sometime in the next couple of days, he will make announce his final decision. Uh, Antoine Davis visited this week as well. He had a great visit with Kansas State last weekend and then came on to campus in Provo this week. And from all reports that we've heard, he was blown away by his visit. He's taking one last visit on Monday um, or this weekend. And then he said that he's going to announce on Monday. Um, and he, it, it is kind of concerning, right? That he, you know, is Kansas State was really excited. And a lot of their people thought that he was a slam dunk and was going to commit after his visit there. And then he came to BYU and he loved his visit and everyone, a lot of people, you know, with inside the program thought that he was in the bag and, but he's still taking one more visit. So it's kind of hard to get a read on him. It kind of may seem like he's, you know, he really is just trying to fully go through the process and take everything, but it's, he it does seem like in the moment, you know, he, he's kind of telling, he's excited everywhere he goes, which makes it a really hard decision for him. Right? He's got one year of eligibility remaining. He's a fantastic player. Um, he'd probably be the best pure scorer in the, that BYU has seen and had in the program since definitely like since Jamer Fredette um, graduated and it would be amazing to get him for one year and it would be a massive, massive uh, recruiting win for Mark Pope and his staff. Um, and on, you know, he's Mark Pope is also, he's out there recruiting other people. There's a few other names um, that I think we'll start seeing pop up. He's, it's definitely not hasn't slowed down at all in terms of identifying guys in the portal. And that's just, especially in college basketball, much more than football where you can go and immediately play in a new system and get, you know, every, pretty much everyone gets playing time. Right. It's like, it's not like in football where if you go, you're going to still have to sit for a year and then work your way up the depth chart because, you know, 95% of the minutes or snaps are going to a single, you know, one guy at each position. It's unless you're the BYU defense doing the hockey subs. Um, but he, you know, he can go, a lot of guys are just basketball. It's in the portal now. And that's where you have to constantly be rebuilding your roster every year. And that's just the way it is. That's the reality of college basketball in 2022. Um, I think the bigger, but Pope's on the right track. The bigger thing is obviously finding a replacement for Chris Burgess. And there are, um, I think there have been conversations that are happening. I don't, it'll be interesting to see how quickly BYU moves with this because obviously hiring somebody um, will, you know, that involves a lot of bureaucracy and that's just part of dealing with BYU. And I believe as an assistant coach, they will also at some point be required to, um, you know, they will be required to have an interview with a general authority at some point as part of the interview process. And so there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it. And especially if it's somebody who's kind of outside the BYU bubble who isn't a member of the church that may be a little slower because there may be, you know, not only are they committing to come to BYU, it's, um, you know, they are, uh, they committing to come to BYU, but they are also committing to make sure that their players uphold, you know, and live the honor code. And that's something that they pretty much every non LD, pretty much every coach doesn't have to deal with at, you know, unless you're at Liberty, I think is the really the only other school that has a semi comparable code of conduct, um, you know, outside of plagiarism and using illegal drugs, there's, um, you know, the, you just don't have to deal with the honor code office at other schools. And so I think you, you gotta be very thorough. You don't want a situation, um, you know, where you have a ton of honor code issues and 
you know, that is bad for booster support. It's bad for the program. It's, you know, you have guys that you're counting on trying to build, but I, I'm excited about basketball. I'm really riding off. I, I honestly don't even care about the last year of the WCC play, right? It's Gonzaga is going to be good again. Uh, San Francisco is completely gutted. St. Mary's is going to be St. Mary's. So it's still going to be fighting with St. Mary's to finish second or third in the league. And maybe you knock off Gonzaga once, hopefully you make it to the tournament. If you're lucky, you make it to the round of 32. But really, you know, it's – which really can't happen. If we get Antoine Davis in there, you know, it legitimately the team is instantly upgraded across the board because of just the amount of pure production that he has had. Um, you know, if you look at his – stats um the if you look at his stats last year he averaged 24 points a game um last season and he averaged 26 points a game as a freshman 24 as a sophomore 24.3 24 as a senior as a junior and then last year uh 23.9 points a game and so as you add that to I mean, if you add that to your team, you're instantly upgraded. Now you're looking from a bubble team to firmly in the field. But really, it's I care more about the, uh, you know, I care much more about the development of Foose and what Dallin Hall's going to do back from his mission, what, you know, Richard Saunders going to do. Like, there, I care more about the RMs and seeing how they get their feet under them between the beginning of the season and the end of the season. And, you know, what Atiki, Ali Atiki and Fusini Traore, what they do as well. Um, and just because that's going to be the building block for heading into Big 12 play in 2023. Um, and so the also the other piece of BYU news um, that we have is obviously there was some news um, with the baseball team a few weeks ago um, with uh, head coach Mike Littlewood. Um, stepping down immediately from the program. But since things have taken over, um, or since, you know, Mike Pratt, I believe, is, Coach Pratt has taken over, uh, the Cougars have done, you know, been doing not too shabby. Um, they are on a three-game winning streak. They've got Pepperdine this week. And remember, I think Jeff and I, for the last home game, uh, for the last game against Utah, we're going to try to do our simulcast that we did uh, similar to what we did for the alumni football game. Um, I think on May 17th, we are going to try to do that, um, but it's, they are still, let me look at the baseball standings here. Um, they are a few games back, but it's really tight. So the WCC, they really, for their conference tournament, only the top like four teams go to the conference tournament. And so right now in conference play, um, we are towards the bottom, but it's, it's really, it's really, really tight. Gonzaga's at the top at 15 and six, but then you've got in fourth place and like they go off the conference win percentage because in case games get rained out or whatever, but it's right now we've got Portland is in fourth place at 10 and eight, Santa Clara and San Francisco are both 11 and 10. And then we're nine and 10 right behind them. So we're really, we're really, really close. Um, we, don't play Portland anymore. Like we play Pepperdine. The remaining conference games are against Pepperdine Pacific and LMU um, who LMU is in third place right now, but Pepperdine and Pacific are at the bottom of the standings table. So there's a decent chance that if we go on a little bit of run here uh, and then Pepperdine in here and uh, 
we drop a they drop a couple games. Um, Portland drops a couple games, or Loyola drops a couple games. Then we we sweep Loyola. It could be we are potentially looking where you know May nineteenth, twentieth, and twenty first to finish out the regular season. Um, that it could be looking at a situation where if we sweep the Loyola Lions, we play our way into the conference tournament, which is an exciting place to be in. Um, there isn't any word on, haven't heard any word on the status of the coaching hire. Obviously that will be done. Pratt is the interim manager through the rest of the season and he will keep doing that. And then they'll revisit it after, um, revisit that after the season. I think there's a very decent chance that he just gets internally promoted and retains the job. Um, the players seem to like him and everything, you know, they seem to be, they really seem to be enjoying that. There is also on the football side, there've been a number of hires that have been made. Uh, we talked about this um, a few months ago that there is part of Kalani's new historic contract. And that was the words of Tom Hollow that the historic con contract would include, um, it was going to include a bunch of new staff positions. And the numbers we heard are anywhere between like 15 and 18. Um, and so that includes, you know, more support staff for ad admin positions, as well as um, more, um, more support staff for admin positions, as well as like more nutrition, more strength staff, and just across the board. Um, so we had already seen um, some of that. So let me see here, because there were some analysts that were hired. So um, the like it, it wasn't um it was announced you know that there was um staff hired um with you know the guys like gavin fowler who was a ga was promoted to being an analyst so he's actually getting paid now and there are there a couple of the analyst hires um but there were eight eight staff changes that were made um so uh, John Swift, who was formerly the director of football operations, he has been promoted to chief of staff. Um, so his job there will be um, just maximizing all it. He's kind of just going to be overseeing everything. Um, and he will be in charge. Kind of all of the support staff will report to him rather than reporting directly to Kalani. So Kalani is going to be able to focus directly on the team, on recruiting. Um, and then John, everything will report to him. And ultimately he will be in charge of kind of the BYU experience, like player experience, alumni relations, um, opportunities for student athletes, like everything, all support functions will go through John as the chief of staff, Billy Nixon, who I think a lot of people follow on Twitter, um, because he was the equipment guy and he's been promoted to the director of football operations. So as the, um, DFO normally you are responsible for kind of just the logistics of everything. Like it's, you handle making the schedules, you handle, you know, flight plans, booking hotels, making sure all the catering is set up. Um, that's what the DFO does. Um, and interestingly enough, I learned in this announcement that Billy actually has a PhD in sports management um, and athletic administration and leadership. So he apparently really knows what he's doing about this stuff. Um, but um, also, uh, Jack DeMooney was, he was obviously working with recruiting, um, before, and he still is in similar ways. He's been named the director of football operation or relations. Um, so football relations, he's kind of like the PR side of the football program. So he will be doing, um, he'll be dealing with alumni relations with former players. He'll be doing, 
um, kind of player like service project opportunities for the players, the True Blue Hero program, when they bring kids into practice. Um, and so that kind of everything. And then he also, part of that will cover missionary outreach, um, dealing, you know, as the program tries to stay connected and close to, you know, guys who are signed, but on missions, and then also do running, um, being in charge of the summer camps. Uh, Justin Anderson, who uh, was formerly the director of recruiting, um, at BYU, he followed, um, he, you know, he, he kind of bounced around as an assistant, um, you know, he was a GA at BYU, then he was an assistant coach at Norfolk State, and then he came back to Provo as the recruiting coordinator after Jeff Martin left, and he followed Bronco to uh, Virginia, and then when Bronco retired, um, he took the job at East Carolina as the recruiting coordinator, um, but he, after, you know, just a quick stop there, he is back in Provo as the director of player personnel. Um, so the director of player personnel is in charge of the roster, just pure top to bottom. Um, they're comparable to like a general manager in the NFL. Um, but they, so the director of player personnel, um, you know, the recruiting coordinator may focus on scouting. The director of player personnel may also do some scouting, but then they, like he's going to be responsible for purely like the roster management. So he's the guy when you have to figure out you know, we have this many missionaries coming back and then this many guys that are done, like who do we need to get on scholarship? Who's off scholarship? How do we make sure that we don't have too many guys on scholarship in any given semester? All of that is like, the, all of that will respond or be responsible for by Justin Anderson. Um, and um, Brandon Bradley is uh, coming over. He was working, um, I believe in sports camps, but he was in a different admin job. Um, on campus, and he has been named the director of campus experience. So he is going to be purely in charge of um, all official recruiting visits. So kind of what is, when you come set foot on campus as a player, like what is the experience that is rolled out for, for you of what BYU is like, um, and what is, you know, he handles all the logistics of getting plane tickets and hotels for the recruits and their families, getting them game tickets, what is their game situation like, getting them on the field, all of those things. Um, but yeah, from 2016 to 2017 or 2018, he was in charge of extramural sports. So that's like rugby, lacrosse, all, soccer, all of the club, men's club teams. Um, Mike Hall, the former basketball player, is joining the football program as the director of player development. Um, so he, uh, as that is, he'll be working with Built for Life. And so player development, it's not, it is purely professional player development. It's everything off the field in terms of, you know, getting people set up for life. It's tutoring, you know, all of those things and helping, making sure that they are ready to go. Um, and then Josh Hewitt was added, backfilling Billy Nixon as the equipment coordinator or director. Um, he comes from UNLV where he was there for the last couple of years. And then Dan Wilcox was added specifically as a nutritionist. So this is one of those key hires um, that we talked about being very important is that he is a nutritionist specifically for the football program. So he's not shared with anybody else. Um, you know, he will be dealing. Um, he will be um, dealing with that. So it says that he has been contracted as a team, nutri team nutritionist services for the football program for since uh, for nearly a decade. Um, but now he will also coordinate with strength and conditioning, sports medicine, and mental health. So it's 
because instead of being contracted where BYU is one of his customers, it's now we are his only customer and he will be able to spend more time in coordinating, you know, across things and really focusing on fine tuning, um, fine tuning all of that. Um, so we do have a, a two questions here. I put in our discord. If you're not a member of our discord, go to givemelbergham.com and click the discord button and join our chat server. It's a fun time for everybody. A um, couple questions here before I wrap up the show. It says, how will the new staff impact recruiting? What's your take on the new staff? Um, a lot of these we are not going to notice. Like the only person, the only two people really related to recruiting are Justin Anderson and Brandon Bradley. And Brandon Bradley is just purely doing like he is the host, really. Like he he is the host. That is his job is to make sure the red cart blue carpet is rolled out for everybody and they have a great time. And I think something that's something that he will be very good at. I mean, if you've ever talked to Brandon or seen an interview with him, um, he's got an infectious personality. He's a fun guy. And it it's really something of right, you're just trying to obviously you need to make sure all the eyes are dotted and T's are crossed, but you are just trying to um, make sure that everyone has a good time and really enjoys their experience. And I think he'll do a good job at that. Justin Anderson, um, I really like that hire because of his former experience at BYU. Now at BYU before, when he was the director of player personnel, it was, you know, he was doing the scouting, he was doing the offering, he was also managing the scholarship. So his workload now is about half of what it was before, because now he's just doing all the logistics of managing the roster and also not like he's not also having to do be the guy that's scouring tape and you know sending out offers and all of that like it's he will work closely with Jason Ayu um, and you know they will kind of form that recruiting team and obviously with Brandon Bradley's guys get you know come on campus um, but he being able to just focus on that, I think is something that he's got a lot of experience with. Obviously he's done it at multiple stops along the way. Um, he's familiar with BYU. So I think it's a very good hire on that front as an administrative position. And it really, I think it will help Jason having that position, um, secondary position, I think will help Jason or whoever, you know, um, in the future as long, just having two people there, whoever it is in the future um, will really help balancing it out because it gives two voices uh, to kind of push back like if there's someone that they see that the you know that they need to get on staff or if they say hey you know we only like one of the jobs that Justin will have is slotting how many scholarships will be available for each position and so being able to have somebody whose solely job is that lets them you know will let him push back harder you know, against a coach who wants to offer a bunch of kids because he sees, you know, there's too many guys to pass up and thinks they're all great. And so it's kind of being that objective voice of reason and kind of drawing the line and having that clearly defined in a job description, I think will be good for the program. Um, if Antoine Davis commits to BYU, will Jeff promise to actually watch BYU basketball games next year? I think he would. And if you get Antoine and Rudy and then a couple other people, I think that Jeff would actually watch some basketball because Antoine Davis is fun as hell. And I don't, if, you know, we're going to, we could be seeing him running loose and in Mark Pope's offense, like it could be, you know, he's scoring 28 to 30 a game um, running wild. And that would be super fun to watch. And so it would be enjoyable to watch. Um, we are, that was the end of, I see one more person typing a question, but as I wrap up here, just with our couple of housekeeping things, um, if you have not signed up for the newsletter yet, please do so at givemhelbrigham.com, hit subscribe, you know, 
most of them are free. We do occasionally have some paid newsletters, but please, uh, please support the show um, if you have a moment to. And if, or if not, just, you know, get it in your inbox. Um, and if you, like I said, if you have not joined our Discord, um, please uh, go on to givenhelpbrigham.com, click the Discord button and join the chat. It never stops. It's all at all hours of the day. There's someone talking about something. It's a, it's a good time. Um, and lastly, we are still doing our uh, giveaway for the art piece um, from listener and supporter of the show, Randy Gunn. Um, if you go on to um, if you go on to our Twitter account, uh, give twitter.com slash give them pod, um, you can see where I retweeted that. So I kind of laid the rules out of, you know, just going into our tip jar and however many stakes that you buy, um, you know, we will decide kind of, we'll randomly pick somebody, um, based on that and then connect you with Randy to do that. So we are going to run that, uh, giveaway through the end of next week. Um, and so please like that, share that. Um, and remind it, so the giveaway is for a custom piece of art, um, or a piece of art that he has done, um, or commissioning something of similar size. Um, Randy is, this is not some random thing. He is a professional artist. Um, that's how he makes his money. That's what he does for a living. Um, and he is very good at what he does. Um, so a custom, uh, a piece of art and then everything he is donating the time and materials. And then everything is going to, um, is going to Andre in Ukraine to buy groceries for people there. Um, one last question it says both sounds like both hoops and football are getting new and updated uniforms this year. Any info on when they will be announced? I assume media day for football. I think media day is probably is going to be, um, is going to be there. I think with football, I mean, we saw the new uniforms last year with the addition of the Royal helmets and the Navy helmets. Um, I think football will be something similar around media day where it's like trot out, you know, kind of other uniforms. I don't know if we'll have like a blackout. There have been um, rumors for the last few years of trying to get like a gray or anthracite, whatever that color is called, type um, setup going. And maybe we will see that. I would love to, or maybe we'll see kind of an alternate helmet. Uh, I know a lot of people would like a Sailor Kugan helmet. Um, and so, you know, or something like that. I personally would love an oversized Sailor Kugan on one side and the players' numbers on the other. I love that look across the board in college football. Um, and so the, we just with the logo and the number and then basketball, I just hope it's something I, the, the basketball uniforms are a little bland right now, right? Just the straight, like Brigham Young, like get like a script Brigham, like the baseball team has like, or like a Cougars and cursive, like just the basketball is just, it's stale. It needs a mix up and just a little, just a little something like to add a little spice to it because it's just, it's bland and it's been bland for the last few years. So the basketball team is probably what I'm more excited looking forward to football. I think everyone loves the classic look, which is weird because we love the classic look, but then basketball, we don't like the classic look, but that's how I feel. Um, basketball will be, there is a basketball media day that happens in like September, October. So it'll probably sometime in like August or September, we'll see the basketball ones and football, um, you know, football, we can expect to see, um, we can probably expect to see that around media day, uh, not if it doesn't get leaked beforehand, which wouldn't surprise me either. Um, so hope everyone enjoyed the episode and Jeff and I will be back uh, for reals this time on our regular schedule next week. And until then, give them hell.